I'm Rick Hatchke. I'm Drew Stack. And this is the, the Internet's, Internet's Maximum Potential. We extended that one there. Yeah. Hey, uh, that was Electric Light Orchestra with the song So Serious. Now, why so serious, Rick? Uh, well, I went with So Serious so you could get in a Batman <laughs> Dark Knight reference. Oh, well, it's ironically off music from and inspired by uh, the Dark Knight soundtrack. <laughs> that's wait, they have a CD. Yeah, that's uh, I, I bought it on Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I did hear that. That is the song that they play during the end credits. <laughs> At the end, you know, serious, after, so serious. I don't want to put any spoilers out, out there, but after Batman dies, that's what they play. <laughs> <laughs> night after night. <laughs> Uh, the thing that's interesting about that song, to me at least, is that I think it starts to show uh, the influence of uh, Tom Petty on Jeff Lynne. You could sort of get a Tom Petty vibe of the way he was singing that. It's definitely very Tom Petty. And uh, I think that this is the song, I don't know the, the what year it was released, but um, it predates, I believe, the Traveling Wilburys, which featured Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, and George Harrison. So, uh, But it had sort of been founded by Jeff Lynne. And Tom Petty. So I yeah. really think that Tom Petty's just creeping through just on a So bit, Serious. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's definitely... I, I promised myself I wasn't going to do it, and I just did. What? I uh, went back on my stack deck from last week. Each week when I get stack decked, I try to improve on the previous week's stack deck and uh, take that into account with uh, the podcast. And last, or I mean last week, last episode's... Uh, Steck deck was when I go and yeah. Actually, to be fair, that was the sticking it to Steck. The Steck deck is your retaliation. I'm not even familiar with the, <laughs> with the terms of my own. My, my own. Uh, You're the two segments that revolve around your last name. I'm sure that stump the Schwab was the same. Same. Am I stumping myself? <laughs> Are other people trying to stump me, and then I Schwab back, or... Well, it should be a Schwab stump. That's what he should give on that show, when someone gets, you know, can't beat him. It's a lot of ST words. Um, stack and deck together. Yeah. I, I never learned the alphabet, so that's, uh... Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> my... <laughs> the stack, the, uh, signature stack, stack, uh, from last, last episode was me going, and yeah, to fill time, uh, while I came up with something. Or, or just, you know, as someone would conversationally say it, and I don't think it records very well, so. We had our first ever review of the show published online. Um, fairly positive review. Yeah. Problem was, the guy said that I sound, Colin Marshall said that I sound like Mark Borchert from American Movie. Yeah. Which, uh, if you want to be like me and have a career where... Uh, hopefully you're you're using your voice or you're talking. You try to sound intelligent. That is probably the last person you would want to sound like. Yeah. He, Mark Borchardt is he's very. Uh, I think he has a good knowledge of film, but he conveys it in a way that makes him sound like a stoner and an idiot and a goofball. All of which I think he is. To be fair, he is. 
But at the same time, you wanting to be someone who, being someone who is intelligent, I want to sound literate. Exactly, <laughs> uh, being someone who whose goal in life isn't to make one film that about someone making another film, um, and, and being Mark Borger. And yeah, he he enjoys being him, and that's good for him. But I don't really think you want to be him, and I, I think that. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a very distinguishable voice, and at the same time, I don't think it's his voice is you know a very good I, voice. And I don't think I sound anything like him because he has a sort of oh you know uh, yeah very sloppy. Uh, that's not even a good Mark Borcher, but it's sort of a sloppy mixture of no- just keep talking, like, and apparently that's your <laughs> yeah, Mark Borcher impression. Uh, no, I I do not agree with that. I think the review in whole uh, was was good, and I think it was. Had a positive tone, but the Mark Borcher thing, I just couldn't let go. I emailed the guy, and I was like, really? And he's like, well, no, you, probably by Wisconsin standards, you don't. But, uh, you know, I just figured since you're from Wisconsin, it reminded me a little bit of it. But that is a far cry from saying okay, that I sound... Then you sound like Willem Dafoe, because he's from Appleton. <laughs> or um, apparently you sound like Tony Shalhoub. Because he's from Green Bay, so... That, that helps. I do have a little bit of Chris Farley, let's be honest. Yeah, let's just keep throwing him on there. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of the... Is Bradley Whitford from Wisconsin? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, Bradley Whitford's from Wisconsin, uh, frequently referenced on the program. And, uh, <laughs> two episodes ago, and this episode. And this episode. Running, uh, running joke. And uh, the mom from... Uh, Jane Casmere. You sound like a woman. I well. do, yes. Um, I also sound a little bit like Gene Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of a... If we were to put all of those characters, all of those people, into a, a big melting pot... That's a mel- Melt it up... Have me drink a liquid yeah. of their remains. That would be how my voice would sound, apparently. And well, once uh, Eric is famous, you'll sound like Eric as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I was trying to think of somebody else uh, from Wisconsin, but I couldn't come up with it. Oh, the, the, uh, the I was going to say the, the Baraboo brothers, or the, the people who started the circus from Baraboo. The Ringling Brothers? Ringling Brothers. <laughs> Even though there's probably no audio recording of what they sound like, you sound like the Ringling Brothers. I also sound like the clowns that are featured in the Baraboo Clown Museum, the Circus <laughs> Museum. Or, uh, we're, we're done. I think we're just we're going to leave it there. Well, good night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. This is uh, episode 13 Team. of the podcast. I think both you and I are a little weary. Um, we know that there have been unlucky things that happen. Uh, revolving around 13, and right now we're just trying to make it through the show alive. Uh, pretty much. That, that, is, that is my thought going into it. Um, I tried to look at it as a, you know, Dan Marino type situation. 13's a good number, but uh, well, he, he never won a Super Bowl, so yeah. obviously, you know, it hindered him as well. Um, speaking of curses, uh, apparently the Madden curse can affect someone from retirement. Uh, the Brett Favre was on the 2009 version, 2008 version of... 2009, the upcoming 2009, the upcoming version of uh, Madden, yet to be released. Um, they chose him because he was retired, uh, to avoid the entire Madden curse thing. Um, I don't think that was a specific reason. Well, that and that, he retired. They wanted, they wanted <laughs> Too to many players have been hurt! <laughs> They started wanted, getting retired guys on there. They wanted to honor, honor it was, him. It was, it was his final year. Yeah, it was his final year in the league. He hadn't been on the cover yet, so they wanted to put him on there. And he had a pretty good year last year. So, 
Well, people like Ladanian Tomlinson's turned down the cover multiple times now. Not probably not due to the Madden curse, but I'm guessing that has something to do with that. Contractually, they probably didn't pay him enough to account for the Madden curse. That's what I would say. So he's turned it down because he he just he said he's um, he said something like he's beyond Madden at this point. <laughs> he's like I'm back to playing Tecmo Super Bowl. <laughs> he said we said he said something like. Uh, I'm I I feel like at this point in my career I don't need to be on the cover of Madden. That's kind of just something to hype yourself up, and I really don't feel like I need to hype myself. Especially when uh, you spend the AFC Championship game just sitting sitting on the, on bench. the bench in your coat, not even going out on the field as a decoy. As a decoy, like <laughs> nope, can't do it. I'm just gonna sit here. Well, you're not even gonna get board. you're not even gonna get touched, but it will totally change the way the defense forms and maybe make your team score that 12 points to beat the Patriots and go to the Super Bowl and change history and defeat Eli Manning. But no, it didn't happen. So, um, I'm not bitter. You just felt like bringing up the Madden curse? Was, was that no, it? it was that, and it was... I, I just find it astounding how the Madden curse lives on in the fact that they th- everyone thought it's done. It's over after this year because there's no way it can affect Brett Favre from beyond retirement. And now it is. To be fair, if he does stay retired... Which is also a possibility. Um, tractor accident loses an arm. <laughs> uh, it's there's, possible. There's, there's ways that it could live on, but I'm just saying this is just the beginning of it starting. What if we haven't even experienced the full effect of the man curse yet? What if these players are all doomed to die in horrendous ways? We just think that the man curse is going to affect their play on the field. In sequence of the years that they were chosen? Right. Starting with uh, 97. Uh, good luck there, buddy. <laughs> no, Madden was on ninety-seven. He was on the cover from ninety-six through ninety. Right, he's gonna be the first to go. He'll be the first to die. That's that, and you know what? it'll be everybody horrendous. Will be, everybody will be like, "Oh, it was his time to go. He was old." Yeah, you, you want know, it was a horrific way to die. Yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> helicopter accident, <laughs> propeller through the skull over over the Super Bowl. But the helicopter will crash into and kill <laughs> into the press box and kill. Uh, uh, who was it? Who was like it? you have Eddie George and uh, was Eddie Dante, George the first one? No, Eddie George wasn't the first one. But Dante I'm, Culpepper. Dante Culpepper, maybe it was him, no. and then the, the Rams running back at the time, Marshall Falk. Was it Falk? Falk could have been the first one. Yeah, I think Falk maybe. Um, this is probably the most entertainment segment we <laughs> entertainment based segment we've done. Um, so yes, a Madden curse exists, and it's happening to Brett Favre. It's made the the curse has been he's become a huge asshole. <laughs> that is which no one thought was possible and yeah. it's happened <laughs> like how can you have a place like Green Bay where everyone lo- 99% of the fans no matter you. no matter what he would have done this is the one thing that he couldn't do I think to still not be viewed as like a god in the eyes of these people yeah and I love that uh like ESPN is being kind of idiot, idiotic about it. Like, well, the fans still support him. They had that big rally in Green Bay. Like, two hundred people showed up. That's not like considering Packers. Considering fans, five million people live in the state and all of them are Packers fans. That's... Yeah, and also the Milwaukee-based one at State Fair, where thirty people showed up. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, no, it's. People are very upset with the way that he's conducted himself, I think, in the last month or so. We, unfortunately, were not able to secure a guest for this evening's program. This is a nighttime-based show. Uh, Usually we record during the day, but tonight we're recording uh, late night, 7 (laughs) p.m. Late night, maximum potential. (laughs) Internet's maximum potential. After hours. 
Bars. <laughs> it's like one of those cheesy infomercials where we get some girl and it's like, it's like, well, if I call up, I'll get her. No, I probably will not get her. But, you know. Hey, listeners. Looking for a good time? Want to hear a podcast? Me and all my friends hang out on Internet's Maximum Potential. <laughs> After hours. Call 1-900. And they've got that song that's playing that's like... It's just a few steps shy of being like uh, like 1970s porno. It's like <laughs> I don't think that actually is on any infomercial. No, but no. Well, there's like always like the slow motion shot of them at the end is like they're in a there's bikini like a fog machine. The there's like a fog machine and a foggy lens, and then like just so much fog going on all at once. <laughs> Internet's maximum potential. Oh, there's one that was awful. <coughs> Maybe the funniest one I've ever seen. I, um, I was watching it. It was just late at night, and we were watching something on TV, as you typically do um, when you see these infomercials. Something like some rerun of some show. And all of a sudden it comes up, and it goes, and it's, they're not, English isn't their first language. She goes, she goes, what are we going to do tonight? And it's like, call up some hotline. She's like, oh yeah, that's what we're going to do. And it's like, just her inflection was absolutely wonderful. Well, I know that, um, you know, I went to college, so I knew that all the very attractive college girls, you know, the co-eds, the ones that uh, are just unattainable, I know that they would get together like late at night and they'd be bored, and they would just call up hotlines. Call and, up Loveline, yeah. And have, wait for guys to talk to them. And have naked billow fights. I mean, that's just what they do. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope one day to find a, snatch a woman from one of those naked pillow fights. Well, what you have to do, Drew, is you have to keep calling, um, regardless of how much it costs per minute. Okay. Um, and also, a good place to find women is the back of a free newspaper. Oh. Uh, there's always these ads, and it tells you the number to call. And, you know, it's sexy, hot, horny women, and they're looking for you, and, you know, but they are very nice women, Drew. Trust me. Uh, I, I, you know, I haven't done it personally, but I've heard stories, people that weren't able to have it work out on Match.com, yeah. uh, they called these numbers, and, you know, a few of them, like three of my friends are getting married that way. I'm lonely, Rick. I'm lonely. <laughs> Tell them that when you call. I'm lonely. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, we can work with that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, episode 13, already derailed. Already yeah. derailed after 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, Drew, tomorrow night you're going down to Chicago. To whoa, 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 whoa. 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 Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently with the theme from Seinfeld. What was the Blossom thing? I don't know, but I know it wasn't... I don't know. Anyway, yes, uh, tomorrow night I am uh, going um, where no nerd has boldly gone before into a woman's uterus. Uh... What? Anyway, uh, we're, we're gonna skip that and pretend that never happened. Wow, man, we—I was trying to do a joke about how episode thirteen we're at risk, and uh, apparently, apparently we are like about to die um, in terms of listenership. Uh, we're gonna pretend like that never happened. Uh, 
we're gonna get Will Smith in here and Tommy Lee Jones, uh, and they're gonna flash everybody with the flasher thing from uh, Men in Black. Yeah. So you're going to Chicago to see Batman Begins, <laughs> Batman: The Dark Knight. Yeah, that was great, Rick. We, yeah. I'm glad we didn't cut anything right before that. Uh, yeah, I'm going out to Chicago to see uh, Batman Begins and uh, not Bat- the sequel to Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, uh, at 3 a.m. because the midnight showing was sold out on IMAX on Navy Pier, which is where the night before uh, tonight actually they're holding a star gala for Christopher Nolan. The uh, director of The Dark Knight, and uh, they've got the Tumblr and the Bat Pod there, and I'm hoping they'll stick around for a day so we can take a look at them. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go down there, I'm going to make a little video of me going to the uh, quote-unquote midnight showing. I have uh, to say that your best work, your best videos are when you go on location. I think I've said this before on the show, but basically Drew Stack on a road trip, your prior video in Chicago, I think that is sort of... You're, uh, you're chewing on a cup. Like, oh, yeah, that won't be too distracting. Just chewing on the lid of a Culver's plastic cup. Ow, I think I poked myself in the lip. That's the curse! <laughs> I start uh, bleeding. This is for real. Man. Uh, so I take back my compliments, then. Because you chose that the best way to... React to someone complimenting your good work is to be obnoxious. I don't take compliments well, Rick. (laughs) Uh, Typically involves me having to have some sort of pacifier thing in my mouth to chew on while complimenting me. So wait, wait, wait. When you call up the hotline (laughs) and they're like, oh, I bet you're so big. You're like, huh? That was the best sound effects work I think I've ever done. Is I I grabbed the cup, let it go. I I wanted like I I just did a funny thing. I wanted to outdo you with my full. I want to show everybody my full yard. Well, how are you outdoing me if if it has no context? You just, oh, crumble, crumble. Well, you should have told the joke, and I should have used my Foley artist skills. You were too busy at checking if you were bleeding in your mouth. <laughs> I, I might have been. It tasted like blood. The deterioration of the <laughs> Internet's maximum potential. We'll continue after these brief messages. Hey, what's the deal? I can't find any women anymore. What's the best way I should go? Well, you're not looking in the right places. Oh, my God, I'm talking to a beautiful woman. Hey, what do you do to get men? Go on late night love lines to talk to large men with large endowments. Your voice is changing and I can't really understand you when you talk in that your most recent tone. Could you say that again? I go on late night love lines to talk to large men with large endowments. Hey, what's the best number I should call? Because I think I could qualify for that. 1-800-IMP-LOVE Oh, what's the name of that pod- <laughs> podcast? 1-800-INTERNET-MAXIMUM-POTENTIAL-LOVE Oh, so you're telling me that I can call it up and I can listen to the Internet's Maximum Potential? It gets me off every time. Hey, let's go back to the regular program. <laughs> I love that guy who sounds like Mark Borchardt from American Movie. Oh... <laughs> uh... And we're, and we're back. back! We're back! Um, uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor. <laughs> 1-900-IMP-LOVE. Is if it a 900 number? It's a 900 number, uh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Those are the more expensive ones. <laughs> uh, 
I wouldn't know. Last night, um, we uh, did you stay up to watch the? Yeah, I stood up till two o'clock <laughs> to watch the All Star game. Yes, uh, I I did too. I got together with my grandma. And uh, we, we have a penchant for watching incredibly long baseball games. <laughs> uh, a few years ago, we stayed up for the whole uh, White Sox-Astros, uh, I think it was game three, where it was like 14 innings. Yeah. Um, Dan Ugla of the Florida Marlins had a very rough night. and I... He's about to be traded to the Yankees. I heard that today, yeah. Oh, really? That's why he blew the game, yeah. I'm kidding. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um... He played like if I was in the All-Star game. I, I, he, I'm i pretty sure they dressed up a four-year-old in a Florida Marlins uniform and sent him out there. <laughs> uh, develop me, develop Nobody me knows what he really him. looks like. You know, they all recognize... We've all heard the last name Ugla, Ugla, but no one has a face to go with it. No so one's he, even watching the Marlins. They actually lost their TV contract, so no one actually knows who he is. It's probably just some guy who just, you know, he tied up Dan Ugla... Put on his jersey uniform. I'm going to be an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> what if they had, like, a fan auction? And, like, you can be your favorite player for the, at the all-star game. And, like, this guy won, gave some money like, to the Jimmy V fund. And uh, he got to go out there and pretend to be Dan Ugla for the all-star game. It would, it, yeah. That might explain his play last night. He was awful. Okay, not only did he have, what, two, three errors? Three errors. Three fielding errors. He had... Two chances to redeem himself with bases loaded and uh, struck out both times pretty miserably. And I think, wasn't it, there were runners at the corners um, he had, and he hit into a double plate in the yep. inning. Yep. Very, uh, very, made, he made Florida proud. Have you, uh, actually, have you been I'm to... At least, uh, I'm at least glad that no Padres came in to blow the game <laughs> and that... Uh, Adrian Gonzalez, I'm glad that he was a non-factor as opposed to a Dan Ugla. He actually made a couple good fielding plays that kind of saved the inning uh, in terms of that one throw from uh, um, the catcher where it kind of like one-hopped to him. It was kind of a crappy throw to try and pull the double play. Um, did you uh, Have you ever been to any of the stadiums in Florida? Um, to to the former yeah. Tropicana Field. Is it still Tropicana Field? I yeah. think so. The race, the race yeah. where the race play. They're going to knock it down. And they're going to build a new one though. Yeah. But um, I've never been there, and I've never been to um, Pro Player. I uh, I went to Dolphin Stadium uh, when my family and I got back from a cruise in Miami. The Brewers happened to be playing the Marlins, so okay. it was like, oh well, yeah, yeah, the Marlins are you know the Florida Marlins, and you you associate Miami with them. Yeah. Um, actually, the stadium is like. Forty minutes away from Miami, pro and it's, player. Yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah, Miami, Dolphin it's Stadium. Dolphin Stadium yeah, but it's forty minutes like away from Miami, and it's literally like there's nothing around it. It's just you're driving past like these empty stretches of road, and you get there, and it's like, oh, there's a stadium here, and there is absolutely like no like buildup around it at all. And every time you hear about the Marlins, you hear about, well, they don't get any fans to any of their games. But if I lived in Miami, I probably, you know, it's one thing with football where there's eight games at home where you're able to go and fill up the stadium. Don't say them every time. But man. with 81 games, it's hard to ever have a consistent number of people coming out 
to the stadium. It's like some guy in the city council had like some backhanded deal with someone in that like part of the county or like township <laughs> to build the stadium. He knew there. the farmer that the land was built on. So they, he sold it. Like it's like that happened because honestly, with the amount of buildup going on in Miami right now, like I think they've doubled the number of skyscrapers or buildings over like like. 40 feet in Miami in, like, the last 10 years. They've doubled the number. Like, it's it's ridiculous, the amount of buildup going on down there uh, compared to most other American cities. Uh, and they can't sell any of them because the real estate market's horrible. But, uh, yeah, it's for them to build their stadium way, that far, way the heck out there. And I know that they're going to be building a new stadium. I believe I heard that. And it's, I think it's, that's supposed to be located much closer to the actual city. Let's, let's hope. <laughs> let's pray that it is because I'm hoping they put it further away. <laughs> <laughs> like another hour out? <laughs> you have to go, go like two hours. <laughs> like you have to take like those hydroplaning boats into the Everglades. <laughs> so like you have to take a car and then a train and then it's like a, it's like a, Indiana Jones style trek to get. There's to the only stadium. six people here tonight. I can't believe that fans wouldn't show up for a team that's doing so well. Well, they had 200 come out and 50 survived, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when I was there, it was like, all right, this was 2006, and the Brewers were still sort of in it, contending yeah, for yeah. Uh, the uh, division. And I got to see one of the worst games ever. <laughs> like, like Doug Davis was pitching, and uh, even though he's doing well now with Arizona, I just don't think that he's a good pitcher. And uh, I was next to this this nice guy, but uh, he pretended that he was the most knowledgeable baseball fan. He's like, yeah, this Doug Davis, he's a soft-tossing lefty. It's like it's like having a high school kid out there, you know? That's what it's like. He like had this like Bronx sort of dog... <laughs> Where are you from again? Nah, I'm from I'm from Alabama. And in the fourth inning, they put in Derek Turnbull, oh, no. which is a really weird spot to put him in. Yeah. Even weirder, they were doing so bad, Drew, that they kept Derek Turnbull in to have an at bat, the only at bat of his career I got to see in person. Wow. And you had to drive. Just everything about that experience sounds awful. Uh, also, my parent, my uh, I was sitting with my dad. My dad and I had good tickets, and. Um, it's sort of at the last minute we decided to have my mom and my sisters come out for it as well. So you bought tickets while you were there. Well, we yeah. bought tickets at the door, and they got you know seats right next to the Brewers bullpen. And my mom was sort of making small talk with the guys in the bullpen, yeah, yeah, and someone there's no one there because it's Miami. So well, someone threw up a ball to my mom and to my sisters, and so they got a ball, and my mom, I know that she meant this in a nice way. She decided, oh. I'll try to get Rick an autograph on this ball. So she gives it to the guy in the bullpen, and she, she got the signature of the bullpen catcher. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Marcus Hamels. She gets his signature, and he also happens to be an uber-Christian. Oh, no. <laughs> so his signature is like... Uh, Mark, Marcus Hamill's Psalms 213. He put, like, <laughs> scripture in his signature? Yeah, like, check this out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All so right. Was like, right on, buddy. So then it was like, after the game, hey, look, Rick, I got you a ball. Oh, I, that's great. And look, I got it signed by the bullpen catcher. And it's the sort of thing where, like, I, I like, was thanking her. It's like... Yeah, but you really didn't have to get it signed. <laughs> it would just be nice to have a ball from one of the. I can imagine yeah. what player it is, but now I think it's Mark. It's Mark Anderson, <laughs> the, the Uber right wing uh, Christian catcher. Yeah, bullpen catcher. 
So that was uh, that was my experience. Raising uh, Jesus also, and balls. also ran into Ricky Weeks' brother there, who was oh, yeah. just sort of hanging out. Hey, yo, what's, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Doesn't he play for Miami? He played for the University of Miami, okay. where Brad Gage, uh, or man, is it Miami University? Uh, Either way, University of Miami. Yeah, yeah, that's how Brad Gage knew him because they lived in the same dormitory. Oh, that was neat. They're in the same that building. Is, that is neat. So. That's a reference to a prior episode. There you go. Is the Orange Bowl closer to the city? Oh, yeah. The Orange Bowl is right, boom, right there in the heart of the city. Um, you seem disgusted with I, the city planner. I was Miami. talking with someone today about how much my distaste for Florida as a state um, on the whole. It just kind of has everything I dislike about California and just, you know, compounded and excelled. It, now... Let's be honest, Drew. Is this uh, strictly about oranges? <laughs> you love the California Sunny D, but you hate the Florida Sunny D. Is that what this is? Be it's, honest. It's a, it's a left coast rice coast thing, Rick. <laughs> oh, left coast rice coast. <laughs> Actually, the left coast would be the rice coast. So. <laughs> but even even it being it's left coast versus right coast. Yeah, that's what those, that rap battle was about. <laughs> this is the orange battle, Rick. It's totally different. This time, the uh, their blood will run orange. <laughs> I am, uh, I don't know. Florida, it's just, it's hot and humid. It's not even, like, hot and, like, nice most of the year, like like California is. You know, California get hot, but never, like, too hot and cold, but never too cold. Whereas, like, Florida will either be burning hot or, you know, kind of, kind of nice, but still pretty humid. And then, you know, like, Miami is just, like, the fake people of Los Angeles, like, times a thousand with their Latin music and their... Which I'm not really... I, I like Latin music, but, like... <laughs> plastic surgery there is in more abundance than it is in Los Angeles and the thriving pornography industry and... I don't know. Orlando is just like, let's build this tourism center in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Florida. Like, not even near the coast, like, inland. Like, it was like, what the, what the heck? So people can drive an hour to Kennedy Space Center. Furthermore, is this a battle about theme parks? Do you have an inferiority complex because Disneyland is smaller than Disney World? It's not, it's not size envy, Rick, having to do with... Okay, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal between Disneyland and Disney World. Disneyland was the manifestation of a man's, you know, dreams and imagination into a real, like, place and... Is that why it's smaller? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yes. But... Dis- well, Walt, like, built Disneyland, like, with a hammer and, like, some tools, uh, other tools, and, and some mortar. <laughs> like, he laid the bricks himself. He didn't really, but, like, he was there when it was being built. And then Disney World was totally, like, he had a plan for it and then died... And then it was like, well, here's what we think he would have done, as opposed to like it being actually what he would have done, and blowing it way out of proportion. Let's just build everything eight times bigger than it was at Disneyland. It's the uh, artificial intelligence of <laughs> of, uh, Walt, of Walt Disney. It would be like Spielberg making artificial intelligence as opposed to Kubrick making artificial intelligence. Right. That's pretty much what it is for me. That was what I was referencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much what it is. Disneyland is like the Kubrick version, and the Disney World is like Spielberg. And it's still great, and it's good. And Spielberg, I think, made an okay version of AI, but it wasn't like his film to make in the first place. 
Like, Kubrick said you should make this film, but at the same time, he shouldn't have. <laughs> I'll be honest. What if, what if the unfinished film was Eyes Wide Shut? <laughs> Spielberg had to make it. <laughs> okay. Spielberg were just robots and, like... Just this is a huge orgy in a Steven Spielberg movie. Oh, it would have been wonderful. And dinosaur. It would have been dinosaurs, ro- like robotic dinosaurs, I think, would have been what it would have been. Who actually are aliens from outer space. I'm pretty sure that's the plot of Transformers, actually. Um, it, let's go even further, Drew. Is this a debate between the two Universal Studios? <laughs> It, it really that's where it comes down to Disneyland you know I play it up a lot I live near there and you know I bought a season pass but Universal Studios you buy one day and you can go every other day of the year free the best thing about the one if you have to the LA clearly wins the battle because they have the studio. it's actually a Universal Studios the other one's just a theme park where they shoot Nickelodeon, and that's about it. And now most of the Nickelodeon content's not even produced in Florida anymore. Most of it's produced in California, at the Universal Studios lot. Does California have a uh, Knott's Berry Farm? That's a lie. It's not at the Universal Studios lot in um, L.A. It's in it was it's at the CVS Viacom lot. I wanted to correct myself. Um, it wasn't my, my question wasn't a lie. Does uh, Does California have a Knott's Berry Farm? Yes. Does I, I think Florida does too. Does it have a Knott's Berry Farm? I'm relatively sure. Because I'm shaking my fist in the air. No, no, no. I'm thinking of Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens. Well, that's a, that's Gardens. comparative. You could say Bush Gardens versus. Um, I don't think Florida has the Six Flags. When uh, when I was so. a little kid, um, my parents uh, we had gone to Disney World and Universal Studios, and then we were going to go to Bush Gardens, mm-hmm. and I just. Like, I had no interest in... Like, I don't want to go to Bush Gardens. And I'd probably seen commercials for it before. Yeah. And thought it looked cool. But the name totally threw me off. Because my dad loves plants. And I swear, like, my logic was, I don't want to go to this garden. That's what I thought, too. I thought, I don't want to go... It sounds like someplace where it's, like, educational roller coasters. Like, they take the fun out of roller coasters. And I never, ever wanted to go there. Even in the infomercials. And my parents, when we got home, there was a commercial for Bush Gardens. And I was like, oh, that looks cool. And it's like, well, that's what you get for, you know, you, we wanted you to go there, but you said no. It's like, well, you got to explain it to me. <laughs> like, just say that it's a Disney World. Like, it's got, you know, fun rides it's and everything. It's Beer World. That's <laughs> pretty much what it is. I'm sure that I, like, you know, I probably didn't fully comprehend it at the time. No. They should have, if, if I was resisting it, just take me. Just take me. And yeah. be like... This isn't what you think it is, Rick. Rick, we're going to prove you wrong, yeah. But the SeaWorld in Orlando versus SeaWorld in San Diego. Um, SeaWorld in San Diego was the original, so it wins. Hands down. I guess. Now, SeaWorld in San Diego, is that where Jaws 3 takes place? That's where it takes place. Was it filmed there? No. Oh, do you know the history of uh, SeaWorld? I don't think it, is it three, do you know, is it do you know the production history of... Is it three or two? I, it's the one where it's like the underwater like capsule that takes you deep into like the bay where you can like walk across like the platform. I thought it was... It might be three. Three, because three... Yeah, it's in 3D because they're, um, when they're in that little t- glass tunnel, yeah. um, there's a part where like a, a head floats up. 
And in, I remember because I saw it at the Times Cinema when the Times used to be run by the Levins, who actually knew how to put on a great theater. Um, and I, had, I remember have, having the goggles on and having the head like pop up at and me. You're like, ah, 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 ah. Jaws 3D. Maybe better. I got his head. Maybe better than the original Jaws. Maybe. <laughs> it's, it's open for debate. It's one of the great film debates of our time. Jaws 3 versus Jaws 1. It's, it's, like, Spielberg, Jedi, it's like Jedi versus New Hope, I'll be honest. <laughs> if Spielberg takes the time to go back and remaster Jaws to have it be in 3D, I think then we truly have a debate on our hands. As it is right now, Jaws 3 takes the case. Because it's 3D. I mean, 3D. that's just a classic storytelling, effects, 3D. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So ahead of its time. Yeah, I, I I like I like SeaWorld San Diego. I have many friends employed there, so I kind of have to pub for them. I sure, guess. sure. I mean, when, once we turn off the podcast, you'll tell you'll tell me what how you really feel about SeaWorld San Diego. It's yeah, there's there's some right, Legoland. There's Legoland in Florida. There's Legoland in California. I've never been to a, a Legoland. What, I really what? have no desire to go. I've have driven, you been to? A Legoland? I've driven by it about eighty times and never gone. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Are there, like, rides there, or is it just big Lego structures? From what I understand, and what, from everything I've seen of Legoland, at least the Carlsbad Legoland, the one in California, is that it's built more towards the age demographic of, like, maybe 2 to, like, 12. Max. And, like, it's it's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, Lego structures and, like, gigantic Legos, and then there's, like, Lego rides where you ride, like, rides that look like Legos. <laughs> now, like, do you think that the rides were actually built with Legos? <laughs> like, it's like just like the most unsafe thing. Just gigantic Legos, where it's like, oh, well, we put these. You snap like, that in there. Your like, seatbelt is a Lego. I'd thing. love to see the foreman with like a giant like plans, like the way that you put together Legos, like with the first piece and then the second piece, and then like there's like the annex piece that you build off to the side and then yeah. attach to it. I'd love to see that. That'd be great. <laughs> Uh, that's the but t- there's a big like Lego store at Disney, downtown Disney, so it's like why even go to Legoland when you can go to this like gigantic Lego store and just kind of get your Lego fix? I don't think anybody's like <laughs> who would have ever thought Lego would have been in bed with Disney. <laughs> I would rather have a Playmobil land. You remember those like Swedish toys, Playmobil? It might be Swedish, might be. I, I don't, I'm not familiar. They're like the Swedish Legos, but they're not. They're they're larger than Legos. They're about um, three to four inches in height, like the people are, and. They're wonderful. You like they were just kind of like posable action figures that you could snap different hairstyles on or hats on and put them in the old west or have the White House or whatever. <laughs> it was great. Uh, when you uh, you're seeing the movie tomorrow, yeah, at three in the morning, yeah. Are you coming back tomorrow, or when are you going down to begin with? Well, I uh, I've got a meeting tomorrow night till about. Uh, 8 o'clock, and then after that meeting, uh, me and my uh, jam band or whatever, we, we're going to record a little uh, recording of uh, what we've come up with this Wait, summer. wait, wait, wait. At, forget forget the Batman tomorrow night. You, you're in a jam band? It's not really a jam band, it's just kind of a band. Well, uh, when did this start? We had, it was me and another guy last summer, and we're like, we, let's do a, we like making music, so let's do a concert of just covers of songs. So we covered about 15 to 20 songs, uh, including Hooting the Blowfishes, Let Her Cry, <laughs> Blowfishes, and also Hooting the Blowfishes. Are you going to see Hooting the Blowfish at the Waukesha County Fair on Sunday? Something to think about, Drew. 
I'm I'm cognating it right now. Um, <laughs> it's like being told that you have cancer. Like it, it just takes you like a few like seconds to actually realize what's just been said. It's like the opposite of finding out that you have cancer. <laughs> finding out that Hootie and the Bowfish will be within driving distance in a, in a short number of days, and a, a number of days that you have to plan out ahead to go see them. So maybe, most likely. Yes. So you you have a, several covers. Several co- we did a concert of a few covers at this kind of like uh, performance coffee shop uh, uh, here in the northern suburbs of Milwaukee. Which coffee shop? Uh, it's no longer in existence actually. Oh. It was uh, the, cafe, <laughs> the Cafe Forte that is no longer, it's now been uh, owned by a coffee shop that got kind of its fix off being a non-corporate coffee shop that it now has like three or four locations so it's like slowly expanding. Uh, much. Did it close long. because of your performance? <laughs> I'd like to think so. You know, a year a year later that it closed because of our performance. We'll never have as good of an act here as the That's gold, it. The Golden Boys. Lock the door. So our name is the Golden Boys, and we uh, I don't know. We so that, and then me and another guy who was originally supposed to be uh, in our little cover concert, um, who wasn't there. We we did the concert as like a charity to raise money for uh, this lady named uh, Pam. It was the jam for Pam. It, was there something wrong with Pam? Or uh, was Pam it just... had never gone to prom, and uh, so it was the um, our church that we both belonged to uh, was having a. Um, oh, so it's a religious thing. A youth group prom, but it was a religious thing. But it wasn't like it was more of just a good cause for this like lady to finally. We'd heard that she never went to prom, and so we raised money to get her like a dress and like a limo and like stuff like that, and we donated a good sum of money for it. So. I should have just said Children's Hospital, because that's always yeah, a good cause. you should have made it, like, something legitimate. That just, that just doesn't sound... If we did another one, we'd probably do it for just, like, Children's Hospital or something. But most of the people coming knew exactly what it was for, so they gave, like, they gave good money for it. And it was for a good cause, so... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so by jam for Pam, you mean Pam doesn't really exist, and this is just for you guys to go out and buy a bunch of Coke, right? Of Josh Hamilton. Pam is actually an abbreviation for payable amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't catch my uh, go buy a bunch of coke off Josh Hamilton. I, well, Josh Hamilton, was it cocaine or I thought it was heroin? It was cocaine. No, it was heroin too. It was all of them. Yeah, he like <laughs> he really didn't distinguish between the two. Oh, no, I'm a, I'm a coke addict, not a heroin addict, huh? Whatever, I'm going to smoke them both. <laughs> Listen up, huh? I don't do heroin, all right? <laughs> I have more respect for myself than that. I do cocaine. Come on. No. Anyway, so we, me and another guy who was supposed to originally be in the band uh, got together, and I was like, well, I'll write some lyrics. And he's like, I got a bunch of melodies. So we just kind of put it together, uh, came up with four songs, and we're going to record those tomorrow night before, we, before I leave for the dark night. After that, at about probably 10 or 11 o'clock, I will uh, swing by my friend's house and my uh, associate, and we will drive down to Chicago. Um, get there probably around uh, midnight, 1 a.m., and uh, spend some time walking around the city, uh, probably doing some just kind of fun little vignettes of me uh, uh, either preparing to see the film or um, seeing things that I didn't see, things in, from the trailer and kind of reenacting them in my own life. <laughs> that, that is going to be the hit sensation video on YouTube. I think by Monday people will be like, this guy... I love the movie, but I like this better. <laughs> we so, should have a jam concert for him. A jam concert for The him. jam for Drew. The jam for Drew. For Drew to 
make so, more movies like this. I, I'm I'm kind of flabbergasted. I had no idea that you were in a band because I knew that you. It's were... not something I like to talk about, Rick. <laughs> Um, I knew that you were in a rap group. I am in a rap group, yeah. Oh, that's... You guys haven't broken up? No, even, we're still Even together. though I know there's a lot of it's turmoil. The project's on hiatus, so... Tell us about the rap group. Uh, the rap group I'm part of is called The Robber Barons, and uh, we're actually... Uh, we base our personalities. It's me and another guy, and we, we're looking to assemble a, a crew eventually, but uh, um, after we release our, our first uh, EP of about... We're, we're shooting for three or four tracks, and... Uh, um, we're also shooting up for three or four uh, heroin tracks. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's what all the rappers do. They aren't on marijuana. They're all on heroin. That's they've moved on. So um, <laughs> anyway, it's the crystal of drugs. Although with this group, we'd be probably more into doing things like opium, opium. You know, sure. Because uh, we base our personalities off of two turn of the century industrialists, turn of the central, turn of the century industrialists. My personality is that of John D. Rockefeller. And uh, my associate is that of um, Vanderbilt. Um, and uh, we uh, pretend to be them and rap as such. So uh, um, we rap about New York and Fifth Avenue and uh, the Great Depression and uh, um, being a monopoly and, you know, being the original, I guess, badass. Sticking into capitalism. So have you? I know that you had given you showed me some samples of yeah, your songs. Yeah, uh, we're still working on it. Unfortunately, uh, Tom, my partner, I'm a creative partner in it, is a little bit busy, and we haven't had time to sit down and work on it as much as we want this summer. But thanks to the wonders of the internet, we can both record separately, and uh, so it's like a postal service sort of with, thing where yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're working on the tracks individually. Exactly, definitely, and it's 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 almost exactly yeah. He's gonna come up with some of the tracks, and I'm gonna come up with some stuff of my own, and. We'll compare them and then choose what beats we want to go with and uh, choose the, the rhymes that we want to go with and put it together. And it should be out, hopefully. Uh, I'm hoping I'm shooting for before the end of the year with the, that guy. The Postal Service, um, are you a fan? Yeah. I, uh, I was very fortunate to see them. I actually have seen them perform live. Um, I, my, a teacher, uh, I wish they would do it with like video screens in different locations. Oh, well they did have, they did have a video screen, so they have half of it there. They just need to be in different locations. Not even like, like different parts of the United States, just different rooms, like maybe in the building where they're performing. (laughs) (laughs) No Um, one, no one would ever know. And then they'd come on stage and everybody would be surprised. They'd be like, I thought they were in different parts (laughs) of the United States. But when I saw them, um... You know, it was the two guys, the uh, Ben Gibbard and uh, Jimmy. I think I can't know. I don't know his last name. The other guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't come up with it either. I'm not, and I'm not that big of a fan. And Jenny Lewis, Jenny Lewis of uh, Rilo Kylie. That's the big group that she's in now. Yeah. But I've always been a fan because to me, she'll always be known as the girl in the Wizard. Have you seen the Wizard, Drew? The Wiz? No, 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 no. The Wizard. What's the Wizard, Rick? I, no, I've never seen The Wizard. The Wizard is a movie about uh, Fred Savage and... Um, Uh-oh, it's already good. Well, you see, Fred Savage, he has this uh, this half-brother. Or maybe it is his brother. I think it's his half-brother. <laughs> um, his half-brother who has some sort of, um, you know, handicap. You can't really tell, is he autistic or is he just quiet? You know, what, what's, oh, what's his yeah. story? And so they decide to run away together, and along the way, they discover that his brother 
is really good at playing Nintendo games. <laughs> and, as it happens to be, there's a big Nintendo tournament. Is this the one and where they go to the big tournament at the yeah, end? They go, I think I've seen the last like 10 minutes of this, but I didn't. I don't know the whole story. And so they also end up meeting up with a girl who uh, sort of is a ragtag. Just she lives in Los in, in Reno. I should point out that it's Reno, and uh, she's just you know going out on her well, own. Reno's too. like the trashy version of Las Vegas, and so it she's not even good to enough be to be a Jenny Lewis. So oh, no it's way. the story of the three as they go cross country on, the on their way tour. to play Nintendo, and uh, it is honest to God. So it's like the kid version of Rain Man. Kind of, kind of. Instead of counting cards, he's playing the big. The the, the big reveal is that uh, they think that he's going to be playing Ninja Guy Dan. Because that's what he's been practicing, and that was what they played to qualify, but it's not Ninja Gaiden. Or I should say, it was Ninja Gaiden 2. No, no, it's not Ninja Gaiden 2. It is the world premiere of Super Mario Brothers 3! And so... Arguably the worst Super Mario Brothers. I don't know, part 2 was my favorite. Part 1, it's classic, but... We'll see. I can zip through the <laughs> We'll see the if it holds up over time, I should say. I just don't like... I don't know. I don't know why. Have Same you, way I don't like Florida. I don't like Super Mario Brothers 3. Sorry to sidetrack. Have you beaten Part 2? Yes. Do you like the reveal at the end of Part 2? Do you remember what the end of Part 2 was? I haven't played Part 2 in forever. I do have a Super Nintendo. It turns out that Mario was dreaming the whole game. <laughs> it like shows like the... There's like some screen like you beat it or whatever. And then it pulls out to reveal Mario in bed and dream bubbles above his head with that screen in them. Ouch. So, uh, yeah, the wizard, though... You just played for, like, ten hours of I, I can't even put into words. It is, honest to God, a classic. It was one of my favorite movies. My it's favorite Fred Savage movie is the one with uh, him and DJ from Full House, where he's an abusive boyfriend. I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that one? It was a, like, a after-school special that we watched in health class about, like, teenage, like, abuse. And I feel bad to be laughing about it, but it was just so, like... It was so dated by the time it got to us. Yeah. It wasn't, like, striking anymore. It was just funny. Striking, you know, kind of funny. Uh, so It's a pun. He get, we get there, and it's like, he's like a wrestler, and he starts taking steroids to, like, bulk up, and then starts, like, cheating on her, and then when she starts asking questions, he, like, beats her. And it's Fred Savage and DJ from Full House, so it's funny. I've seen a very similar special... But it was with Ben Affleck. Uh, it's not. It's not. The, it's, it's not, not that the same one. one. But that one sounds amazing. Yeah, it was a young Ben Affleck, like Mallrats era like, Ben Affleck, like posts. Uh, and it between was Voyage of the Mimi and Mallrats. Oh, what is that? What is the name of that show? Oh man, it was on. It was on um, HBO, and it was like title Families in Crisis. So it's like it's like after school special, right? But it was like these half hour things that they would do, and it would be like a real guy's story. And so, like, what was Ben Affleck's one? Ben Ben Affleck was he was this you know this wrestler or this quarterback or whatever who was using steroids and beating his girlfriend. And then at the very end, it was the real guy who was like, "This has been the story of my life. I've had to learn from my mistakes, and I don't want you to experience what I had to go through." Oh, man, why can't I think of the title? It's something Families in Crisis. It sounds incredible. I'm sure you could maybe find it on the tube. Well, they show it all... Well, they they show it on HBO Family, like, all the time. Like, these, like, 
after school esque specials, yeah. but they're like very like not graphically Hardcore. done, but like it's a it's a lot more realistic than, than any, ABC. Like, and they had like the one about anorexia and all you know anything that yeah, plagues we watched, we watched teenagers. That one. We yeah, that one too. It sounds Drunk like, driving. I think they just took all the ones from ABC Family or After School Special and just made them grittier. <laughs> Let's give them an HBO. edge. <laughs> more HBO. Let's find the real stories. Um, yeah, but uh, it, it is... Uh, cool. Man, I wish I could think of the whole title. It's something Families in Crisis. I think that's where ABC and Disney Channel should go back to. Instead, uh, of, instead of High School Musical, I want them to be like... <laughs> Realistic High School Musical where Zach Efron starts taking steroids to improve his basketball game. He's just not. He can't. gotta get in the game. Get in the game. He he realizes that his height stunting him, his basketball performance, and that he won't be able to excel to the next level to college. And uh, so he starts taking uh, steroids, and then you know starts you know sleeping around and beating <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens and making her take nude photographs and then putting them on the internet. It's sort of meta. Um, it turns out that that's why that, that happened. It was just a tie-in for the upcoming yeah, high school film. It's, it's a genius marketing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go viral! <laughs> that's the a, that's a producer of the film. Um, I saw, Gary Marshall. I think he actually is a producer of the film. I'm going to go out of order this week, and I am going to say my movie pick is The Wizard. Uh, it is timeless, and it is one of the few movies where I know the majority of the lines, where, like, I could probably recite them verbatim, unprovoked. And they do have a great, uh, montage set to the song Send Me an Angel, um, where they're driving about, and the song is, Do you believe in heaven above? Do you believe in love? <laughs> don't tell a lie, don't be false, answer true. It all comes back to you. Open fire on my burning heart. I've never been lucky at love. My defenses are down, a kiss or a frown. I can't survive on my own. Bum. Bum, bum. Send me an angel. Send me an angel. Right now. Right now. Do, 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 do. And then it goes on to the next person. This has been the Rick Katchke cover of Send Me an Angel. Yeah, uh, hey, hey, hey. If you guys need someone at the next Jam for Pam to do an acapella version of Send Me an Angel, can... a song that most people don't know. <laughs> It sounds like a deal. Yeah. People are like, wow, I think that this guy wrote that on his own. <laughs> it's it's kind of decent. <laughs> so, that's a good one. I was going to choose the Brothers McMullen, the um, Edward Burns breakout film, uh, which garnered him the praise that... I like that him. as you're... Sorry. As you're saying it, you sound disgusted with your pick. The Edward Burns breakout film. The Edward Burns breakout... I love Edward Burns. I actually strive to be somewhat like Edward Burns, but make a good film and then make subsequent good films as opposed to make a good film and then kind of go in the shitter for like three or four movies and then kind of like rejuvenate and come back with a halfway decent movie with then the hope to make another good film. So, um... I've never seen it. It's a good movie. It's a good movie and, uh... Yeah, that's all you had to say about Brothers McMullen. He he plays a really good role in it, and to have him play such a good role and act so well in it, you would never know that he you know directed and wrote it and all that sort of jazz. So, do you have a uh, YouTube pick of the week? My YouTube pick of the week is uh, 
group called Fun Box Comedy, all one word, and uh, they did this thing called Barge Spring Break, where uh, these kids go on uh, spring break and they bring up a, a bard, as in the uh, old medieval times, with them to uh, play music for them along their or keep a musical account of their journey uh, down to Daytona Beach. So they do that, and they've got a couple other videos like uh, tomato versus or ketchup versus mustard, and some good stuff. Um, I do not have a YouTube pick this week. Don't believe in it. <laughs> wow, Rick. <laughs> Psalms 213. Actually, uh, I'm going to go with the semi-sonic music video for Secret Smile, which features, uh, which features Paul Rudd in it, who turns out... Paul Rudd is a huge fan of Semisonic, and, well, he's a huge fan of Trip Shakespeare, the band that preceded Semisonic, to the point where he's wearing a Trip Shakespeare shirt in the movie Clueless, and in the direct-to-video film Overnight Delivery, he has a Trip Shakespeare poster in his dorm room, and I have that very same poster that he has. So, if I ever become famous, I need to introduce you to Paul Rudd, is what you're saying. Paul, yes. You guys need to hang out and talk <laughs> wait, about Trip Shakespeare. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Why is it... Well, Rick... When I become famous and well, become if you, pals if, with if you Paul became Rudd. famous, you could just introduce yourself to Paul Rudd. <laughs> right. So, okay, Drew. Um, basically, oh. I'm, 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 I'm not relying on myself anymore. It's all up to you to I'm become just saying, famous. I'm just saying, if I became famous, yeah. I would introduce you to Paul Rudd. If you became famous, you'd have the own vehicle to introduce yourself to Paul Rudd. Right. And you I wouldn't would... need me as a medium. <laughs> Pay no attention to that guy. <laughs> Let's get back to talking about Trip Shakespeare. <laughs> I would just bring you two together. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rudd has a... Maybe I don't even need to be famous to do that. Maybe I'll just do it. <laughs> Dear Paul Rudd, I'm going to make a documentary about it. I'm going to make a documentary about it. It would be like, like my... It'll call like Meet Rick. And like... It'll be about me trying to pull you and Paul Rudd together. <laughs> it would be like my date with Drew. <laughs> like, all my life I've been wanting to meet Paul Rudd. Paul meet Rick. <laughs> but instead it's you. All my life my friend Rick has wanted to meet Paul Rudd. And by my life I mean the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I'll go out and start right after this. Uh, yeah. That, anyway. That's he, a, has, he has like, he's in it for like probably a total of 10 seconds but has a really funny reaction shot <laughs> that I that I love. I just like the fact that he's um my album pick of the week is going to be uh Postal Service Give Up. I'm really amazed that they haven't done another album yet. Drew you are simulating slitting your wrists. I know. I would love for them to do now. That was me uh, being sad that they have not done a new album. If I they thought, don't make one soon, I will slit my I wrists. thought that it was you taking the title of the album, Give Up, literally, <laughs> and slitting your wrist. There's a little bit of that, too. <laughs> What's your album picture? Uh, in honor of XM's 30 Days of Coldplay, uh, if you haven't heard about this, XM has decided to dedicate uh, a channel, Channel 51, on uh, XM entirely to playing Coldplay for 30 days. Um... <laughs> Yeah, their catalog is what like thirty albums, right? Yeah, they've got so much music out there for you know people to listen to. But it'd be one thing if they were like Prince, and they Prince was like debuting all the music that he stored up in his archives, like over the years, or like even the Rolling Stones or Aerosmith, or a band that has such a large catalog that you could reasonably fill like even a day without hearing the same song twice. Right. It's just not the case with Coldplay. Like, I've listened, and they've played the song Shiver about, like, 20 times, and it's like, I'm not even, I don't even like the song Shiver by Coldplay. And, um, yeah, but in honor of that, check out their first album, maybe my favorite album of theirs uh, to date. Viva La Vida gives it a run for its money, but uh, Parachutes by Coldplay. They're just different albums, so I can't really compare them. 
even though I just did. Uh, <laughs> Parachutes by Coldplay, which uh, is one of my favorites. Um, simultaneously, let's give our sandwich pick of the week on three. One, two, three. Chicken, Chicken Parmesan. Parmesan. Oh, I've converted you. Yes. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to steal it from you. I was hoping you'd pick me first to do the sandwich pick of the week. And I'd be like, I think uh, everyone out there, I think I'm going to start a grassroots movement to bring back the Chicken Parmesan at, uh, at Subway. Well, uh, Drew, I think we salvaged this episode. I think after so. After well. that very rough uh, opening 20 minutes. Oh, and uh, I forgot to mention this in the video pick of the week. Uh, if you are a big Batman Begins Dark Knight fan and you have not heard of this yet, check out the Batman Gotham Knight animated uh, film. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long. I think you recommended that the last time. I'm just making we sure, since we, <laughs> since we made sure this is like the preview episode for Dark Knight, um, <laughs> check that out. It bridges the two. And uh, if you didn't listen to the last podcast, check it out. Okay, uh, I've been Rick Katchke. I've been Drew Stepp. And this has been The, the Internet's, Internet's Maximum, Maximum Potential. Potential. And our jam for Pam. <laughs> You're a jerk.